Hey, everybody, welcome to this bonus episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 108 with Dr. Glenda Ballard. Uh, so this is a really interesting conversation about uh, transfer policy. So a pretty niche topic, uh, an important one, a relevant one. Um, we get a little bit wonky, but uh, all in a really good way, uh, just showing really the context and the level of thought and work that can go into something like this that might seem uh, pretty simple on its face. But uh, just really appreciate all that uh, Glenda shared uh, and her reaching out to be a part of the show. Uh, so some other quick housekeeping things. So uh, I do have a panel proposal open uh, for voting on uh, South by Southwest EDU uh, 2021. So uh, I'm, I'll be posting about that. It just opened uh, yesterday, November 10th, and would be open until November 20th. Uh, so appreciate any, uh, any and all support that you can give to upvote that. Uh, also, there is another sale. Uh, there's going to be a bunch going on uh, on the merch store uh, heading into the end of the year. So uh, as of this episode launching on the 11th, uh, the sale will be going on until Sunday. Great deals and all the stuff that we have on there. So definitely go check that out. Uh, and uh, we are going to be preparing for our season finale episode soon. Uh, so send along any questions that you have uh, to me that I will answer for that uh, episode that will uh, pop up on December 2nd. So make sure to get them in before then. But uh, I think that is all we need to cover. Uh, so with all that, uh, this quick message from our sponsor, this is episode number 108, bonus episode with Dr. Glenda Ballard. This episode is sponsored by Degree.me, a one-stop college research tool for students. If you work for a college or university, you'll want to learn all about their ability to connect you with the right students at a budget-friendly price. To find out more, please visit Degree.me H-E-G. So uh, thank you so much, Glenda, for taking time out for the show here. Uh, super excited to talk with you about the great work that you are doing at uh, St. Edwards. Um, and just appreciate you. You know, you're just uh, another of the number of folks that we've had on the show recently that have just kind of like reached out because uh, they have something that you want to talk about. And um, this is just a, a really timely topic, but something that I'm just really excited to give uh, a whole episode to. So um, just to really appreciate you and your time so much. Thank you so much, uh, Dustin. I'm really honored to be here this morning or this afternoon, rather. And um, kudos to our marketing team who basically sought this out. We're we're eager to get the word out about this effort here at St. Edwards. And um, hopefully that will become clear as I walk through today's discussion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we will start out uh, as we always do. So if you want to just give a brief introduction of yourself um, and your professional journey of uh, how you got where you are today. Okay, I certainly can do that. Um, oh, my name is Glenda Ballard. I um, am currently the Associate Vice President of uh, Graduate and Professional Studies at St. Edward University in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm actually, actually going to start a little further back because my mm -hmm. background really impacts why I am doing what I'm doing today and why I'm so passionate about it. Um, I grew up in rural Northeast Texas, uh, hence the accent. I'm afraid I haven't been able to lose <laughs> that over the years. Uh, and I was reared by sharecropper grandparents. And so I was a little bit of an anomaly even at that uh, back in those days. But I, um, growing up as a sort of a single uh, an only child with oh, with older grandparents. Um, the minute I hit school, I loved it and I flourished there. And so education was just it, I mean, from day one. And so I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. And so when I graduated high school, not realizing the uh, barriers that were against me, as so many kids today do realize, 
But my not realizing that, I didn't know any better, but I applied at the community college, which was close by, and took two years there and then transferred to our regional institution that was a normal school back in the old, old days, uh, East Texas State University, and went straight into teacher education and became a teacher, graduated in four years, didn't lose a credit as I transferred from the community college, and uh, went right into the classroom. I taught for five years, and while I did that, I got my master's in counseling from the same institution with the idea that I would be a high school counselor someday. But as life does, I took a little bit of a detour and um, I began to teach in adult education. So I worked with literacy for a time. Then I was fortunate in that I was able to move to a brand new community college that had just been established in Northeast Texas, actually signed the petition to get the vote on the docket so that we could um, uh, we could get it uh, uh, appointed in our mm-hmm. tri-county and get the college established. So literally from the ground up. And I worked there for five years. And there I taught developmental ed and um, uh, freshman composition. Uh, I transitioned to Washington, D.C. with my husband's job. And while we were up there, I completed my doctorate from Virginia Tech, go Hokies, uh, in adult and continuing education. And when we returned to Texas, I taught adult students in a degree completion program. And then after that, I became an administrator. I became a dean at the local school where I was working. And then eight years later, I retired from there and moved to a private school here in Austin, Texas, also as dean. And just this past May was promoted to the AVP position that I have now. So all over the education board, as you can see, I'm, I'm not a master of any one thing, but I'm very much a generalist. But the one constant has been my passion for pathways for first-generation college students and specifically how the community college uh, can facilitate that success and everyone's journey. So that's what I'm here to share with you a little bit today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to get to it. And I think it, yeah, it's just fascinating to hear because I mean, Education, I mean, with anything, many things don't exist in a vacuum, but education, especially like it's an ecosystem, like the whole pathway that somebody goes through, you know, like how prepared they are for college goes back to their K through 12 experience. And then, you know, certainly as someone goes through, yeah, perhaps uh, community college and getting, you know, perhaps they get an associates or some sort of certificate and then onto bachelors and things beyond just like, you know, building someone's kind of, um, you know, potential and confidence uh, in education. Like there's just there's so many variables and it's just, again, it's a whole ecosystem. And yeah, you've had, you know, just the, the, that wide breadth of experiences, but just knowing obviously your core, you know, your core values there, um, and this professional context and, um, in education. So, um, before we go uh, any further though, cause I think this will help set the stage though, too. So if you want to talk a little bit, um, about St. Edwards as an institution and your role there just really quick, and then we'll get to, um, kind of the beat of the episode here. Okay. Um, Well, uh, as I said, four years ago, uh, this past summer, I was hired as Dean of the School of Education here at St. Edwards University. St. Edwards is a private school that uh, at that time was, uh, I had about about 5,000, between 4,500, 5,000 students, uh, predominantly undergraduate with another thousand or so as graduate in graduate programs. And uh, what I didn't realize at the time, though, was that I was really hired to be a bit of a change agent and to create programs. Uh, St. Edwards was undergoing a lot of change. And while the university had experienced amazing growth for about 
12, 14 years through there, they had begun to hit a bit of a plateau as a lot of private and even public schools have done. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, they begin to explore options for other, other pathways, other avenues. And so, yes, I was teacher education because of my background and because of my uh, having been a dean of education, but I had also uh, worked to develop new programs, graduate programs. I just uh, knew how that process worked and also transitioning some schools um, uh, out of existence. And so I knew a lot about all those things. And so for the last four years, that's pretty much been, uh, been my role. Uh, the first thing we did was move graduate studies under my umbrella, and as a result of that, we developed the first doctoral program here at St. Edwards in higher education and leadership. And then we created three new programs to add to the repertoire of programs we already had, uh, three new programs in graduate education. And so, you know, one might think, well, what does she have to say about transfer students because of this emphasis on uh, graduate education? However, the other side of the coin is the fact that, as I said earlier, I'm so very passionate about transfer students. And so when I got here, uh, having only worked in public institutions, I was educated heavily and, and needed to be on how the general education worked at private schools and how we uh, worked with the community college on transfer students. And so I just got more and more involved in that. And so as a result of this new title now, I'm responsible for sort of two ends of the spectrum, if you will. Yes, continuing to work with graduate programs, but at the same time, helping to facilitate our transfer process from our local community colleges into St. Edwards University. And again, that's really because of my knowledge and my passion for that, because I believe so firmly in it. Uh, and so as a result, uh, the new title uh, graduate and professional studies and the professional studies really umbrellas that idea of working with both our community colleges, but also with the faculty here at St. Edwards to help develop those programs. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, it, I don't know. And again, with it being kind of like a, um, you know, an education ecosystem, which certainly I guess like in your context, it's very regional, you know, like you're just kind of uh, building those partnerships and pathways for students in uh, your area, I imagine more predominantly, but um, I don't know. And, and it just, I've kind of geeked out about this a lot, and especially in like some previous episodes, it's just sort of the, the kind of the network approach, you know, it's kind of like the uh, rising tide lifting all ships sort of thing. It's like, well, we can, you know, do better together if there's these better pathways for students. Like clearly the student wants to be able to, you know, further their education, go to a great school and have that be, you know, as easy of a process as possible and um, perhaps, you know, stay around in the same region or, you know, they're just more aware of the, uh, the institution since they're, you know, based in that area. But I mean, it just, you know, cause there's, there's certainly a lot to like, you know, national networks of institutions that share resources, but also just on the local level, I can imagine it was just great to really like, you know, um, work in your local community to build those, uh, those pathways. So I get, you know, I was, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of getting ahead of myself cause I'm just like so excited to get into this, but I guess just again, really quick. So just to make sure we have like kind of the shared understanding. So really quickly, just cause you know, I, I think you kind of, uh, you know, explain it as the, sort of the seamless transfer policy. So if you just want to kind of give the snapshot of like what that means in practice, like what, what does that mean for a student, this seamless transfer? Okay. And uh, please uh, help me steer back on the subject if I get off the pathway too much, <laughs> too much in the weeds. But I have yeah. to start by saying that in Texas, as in many states, public education 
has a general education core, we call it the core curriculum, that most all college students are expected to complete as part of a baccalaureate degree. And we could delve into the history of this a bit. And again, that core has not changed substantially since I was a an associate of arts student at Mm -hmm. uh, Paris Junior College uh, many, many years ago. And essentially what that two-year gen ed is all about is making sure that college students have a broad base of understanding about uh, English, history, political science, science, mathematics, um, some arts, uh, some, some emphasis on social sciences. And so just kind of this generalized overall uh, awareness of of those core areas. And so all public universities in the state of Texas adhere to what's called the core curriculum. And so there is the um, understanding uh, that most community college students who complete that core cur- curriculum, they can have a seamless transfer into the four-year institution. Now, not surprisingly, that creates all kinds of challenges and and issues uh, for particular students. And we can go down individual uh, uh, rabbit trails all you want on those conversations. Uh, But in order to stay focused on this particular subject here, um, while public schools have their own share of of issues and concerns associated with that transferability and all those kinds of things, they are deemed uh, mandated by the Texas legislature through the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board which is the governing body that helps to um, uh, implement all of the legislative decisions that are made in our state. And so since Texas is the only place I've really worked much in this area, I'll have to uh, limit myself to this region, but I would suspect that many other states are very similar in, in a kind of process. Private schools in, in any state, but in Texas as well, don't necessarily have to adhere to that gen ed to help uh, help a student be successful. Private schools have the liberty and the possibility that they can uh, create a general education that focuses on their unique mission and indeed helps the student become whatever that private institution is known for or is famous for. In the case of St. Edwards, we have a very, very strong social justice mission. Our Holy Cross brothers who founded this institution believed heavily in service. And one of my favorite quotes of St. Edwards is, we don't educate the mind at the expense of the heart. And so it, it really resonates on this campus. And so when students come here, they really do get a good inculcation of that idea. However, private schools are also driven tuition dependent. They're driven largely by the students that they achieve and obviously the foundations or the um, advancement opportunities that they have in their private uh, coffers. But by and large, private schools like public schools are also very tuition dependent. And so as a result, not surprisingly, most private schools, and again, in Texas, but I would assume everywhere, also try to be as user-friendly as they possibly can with students coming in from other institutions. So not surprisingly, oftentimes the general education curriculum, even though it does have those unique pieces in it that impact the mission, they also typically have substitution courses that come in from 
even another state institution. If a student wanted to transfer from the University of Texas or Texas A&M or Texas State University, which are our three neighboring schools here, um, they could quite possibly come in and have their courses, you know, be transferred in. Um, the problem, though, again, is the fact that oftentimes with that, we'll take this course, we'll take that course. With that process, we um, don't always come across as transfer friendly as we might. And so as a result, uh, when I got here and I began to realize this, I began to ask the, the faculty and the administration about this idea of embracing this concept of core complete. In other words, if uh, the public schools are required to mandate to take these things, would the private school continue uh, consider doing that as well? One of the reasons for that was because in talking with our uh, transfer advisors, our recruiters, and all those people on the front line, uh, we came to realize that students would oftentimes turn away from St. Edwards because they felt like, well, it's going to take me too long to finish. You're not going to take this course, this course, this course. And so there was a, a about a year and a half discussion, almost two year discussion about this on our campus as we sort of hammered out the issues and the ideas associated with this core complete concept. We finally reached a point to where we recognized that students are still able to achieve an understanding of the mission of this institution in their major courses. So St. Edwards had recently undergone a revision of our own general education. And so as a result of that, we um, saw this opportunity to really stop and look at that. And so many major programs, my, mine own, my own included, which at the time were teacher education and kinesiology, we made sure that our degree programs also had those elements of the mission in our junior and senior or major courses, if you will, so that our students would not be hampered by having to take additional courses. And so as a result, a lot of the degree programs or some of the degree programs were already pretty, or, or excuse me, were much more user-friendly than some of the others. And so this past spring, the St. Edwards Board of Trustees actually approved the core complete transfer for our campus, meaning that starting this fall, a student who comes from any community college in the state of Texas and who has stamped on their transcripts, core complete, St. Edwards will take those students and completely overlay their core complete coursework into our degree programs, allowing students to not have to necessarily take additional coursework to complete their general education. Now, forgive me, that's a long-winded answer, but I feel like it's important to understand the steps and the and the nuances associated with that as we got to that point. Well, no, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you giving all the context and everything. And I think it, it just makes me think, too, of like kind of a moment of like kind of getting wonky, you know, about like policy and everything. It's like it matters. I mean, it really like can dictate so much of just like a simple, you know, um, decision, which obviously like you had to go through all these approvals to make an adjustment because it just kind of was so ingrained, you know, there's just so much kind of residue on here of just, you know, just how things were before and recognizing opportunity to just make this shift and pivot and certainly also recognizing kind of the implications of like, well, no, we can make sure, you know, and maybe that was kind of the diplomacy that was going on here was making sure that, you know, um, the St. Edward's experience was still really uh, felt 
whether a student, you know, spent the entirety of their four years there or not, um, you know, or like transferred in just like their junior and senior year. Um, so, yeah, I think that it just shows obviously like how much thought and how much work went into this, um, you know, Sometimes I'm sure to some people like very seemingly simple change. We're just like, oh, no, yeah. I mean, you can transfer in and like you don't have to like retake courses. And people are like, OK, cool. Yeah. It's like this was so long coming and whatever. But it's like you know, at, the, at the end kind of user experience kind of thing. It just like, you know, seems like almost like a f- switch was flipped or something. But it's just like, you know, kudos to you and your team and everybody obviously to like, you know, put it in the work to, to make this happen. Because I think, you know, what I kind of wanted to talk about next was just like, you know, what does this mean for students? Like, what are you seeing maybe as like the student outcomes are just sort of, you know, obviously I know it's like early on, maybe it's kind of what you're hoping to see, but, you know, certainly obviously that big one is about, you know, kind of time to completion of students' degrees and just it being, I would assume, just a easier experience because, you know, a student, I know working with students that sometimes it's just always a battle of like a student having to navigate transfer policies and reaching out to people and waiting for responses of what's approved, what's not, and like, you know, all this stuff. So, um, yeah, just t- talking about, I guess, you know, the student outcomes a bit and, um, yeah, then kind of go from there. Absolutely. And, and that, uh, if I do get sidetracked and forget to come back to that, please remind me of that. Um, because Dustin, that really is the crux of this thing. One thing I do want to share very quickly is that, this does not solve all of the general education transfer issues associated with core curriculum going into a four-year institution. And let me explain what I mean by that, public or private. Um, That two-year curriculum that I mentioned is pretty foundational, right? So for example, and again, forgive me, but I I teach by example, so that's how I learn best. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But for example, college algebra uh, is a course that is sort of fundamental course that's required of, of all students. However, if you're going to be an engineer, you and I both know that you're going to have to need much more than just the basic college algebra in order to be successful. And so even though you may start with college algebra at the at the freshman level at the community college, when you go to your degree program, what you choose to major in is going to dictate how many more leveling courses you need to get there. Now, if you've been fortunate and you've been able to be successful in high school prior to that, it may be that when you get to the community college, you could take calculus and that course would count for your general education, thus eliminating the the pathway of having to take additional courses. So does does that make sense, though? Because in terms of transferability, Uh just because we're accepting that core complete, I don't want to imply that. A person can come here with college algebra, or let's let's use science because we don't have engineering as a degree program, can come here with basic foundational biology and then go into our pre-med coursework and not be expected necessarily to take additional courses to get to the the, the major courses in, all, in order to be successful. So I'm going to pause it. Does that make sense? And, and do I need to clarify mm-hmm. that in any way? Well, no, I think that is like a really important thing to note. Um... Because, yeah, I, I think I'm sure like students might have that misconception sometimes as well of like, oh, wait, uh, you know, I actually might have to take a summer course or, you know, if, they, if they're like, I, I mean, that's like, again, there's somebody like, I feel like we're like bobbing and weaving around like little rabbit holes or wormholes, whatever you want to call it. But like, because that idea of like, you know, okay, four years, if you don't do that, then you're behind. And it's like, that's a bad thing, whatever. It's like, we're all on our own path. You, you know, you're working towards your own educational goals and, you know, degrees and all that sort of thing. But, um, 
you know, so yeah, they might have to still take, you know, some additional courses and yeah, whatever that means they do take like a summer course or whatever, but it's like, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely still a fair amount of complexity and nuance to something again, that might appear on its face, very simple. Um, so, uh, yeah, I appreciate you making note of that. Absolutely. So to answer your question now, if we get into the situation with students coming to the registrar, or to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, recruiters or to the transfer advisor. That's where we see the real impact in terms of what this does for students. If students know coming into this institution that their gen ed, which is core complete, is going to be rubber stamped, if you will, or accepted in mass, they are much more likely to say, mm, maybe I will think about St. Edwards. Or more importantly, um, you know, at that point in time, the advisor can then say, now you're core complete. However, if you want to be in this major, here is the pathway that you still will have to follow. Uh, the other thing is that our population today is a lot more savvy than they used to be. So we have juniors in high school here in Texas who our recruiters will go to their classrooms to recruit on their high schools, let's say. And I've had college re uh, recruiters tell me that high school juniors and seniors will say to them, how many of my hours are you going to accept? I've been taking dual credit, which is another real common uh, occurrence in, in Texas and I'm sure in other mm -hmm. states. And so they really know what they're getting and what they're paying for. And so they want to know how much of this am I going to be able to accept? And, and don't even factor in the fact that the parents are also asking that question as well, because let's face it, in one of our later pieces of conversation, we'll talk a little bit about the, the, what this does to the, uh, to the country as a whole in terms of the images and impressions that we have in higher education. But to answer your question about what are the student outcomes I am so inspired by the mission of St. Edwards University. I was not a private school person, as I told you. And so to come here and to see and to feel the, the compassion, the concern, the uh, true living, the Holy Cross um, uh, 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 mission, if you will, and to see that resonated both with our classes, but with our students, our faculty, our administrators, everybody uh, that that really is devoted to this institution really does believe that. And so what I also saw was that students who come here finish here. So the fact that this institution is smaller, it's much more, you're much more inclined to have a class of 30 as opposed to, to a class of 300. And mm -hmm. if you're a community college graduate and you're going from a two-year to a four-year institution, believe me, a smaller institution is the place where you're going to feel more comfortable and you're going to feel more empowered to do what you really, really want to do. And to see that continue here at St. Edwards is really just, it, it does my heart good. And I also know that the power of the transfer students that we've gotten here, even with the limitations prior to core complete, we see how they get here and they flourish, they blossom, and they really go on and do some great things. So for me, the student outcome, the goal of this process was to match those two together, to reduce the number of prospects that were walking away from St. Ed's because they felt like their coursework would not be accepted. And at the same time, to make this institution uh, really feel as user-friendly as possible, because once they get here, they really do understand what this institution is all about. 
And, you know, our retention rates, our graduation rates are higher than they are at many large public institutions, not to disparage our competitors out there in the public institution space. But the reality is our retention and graduation rates are higher. And so why wouldn't I want to encourage a first generation college student, particularly as I was and many community college students are? Why wouldn't I want to encourage that person to consider us as an option to finish those last two years? Yeah. So, you know, it's such a great initiative and it just, I think like you're saying in bodies, like in institutions, missions and values and just being more um, welcoming, you know, just kind of that kind of softer side, but certainly like, you know, getting into just like retention and graduation and like, you know, this being kind of just a better yield for transfer students coming from wherever they're uh, coming from. And, uh, you know, recognizing that when students come, they have a good experience and they're likely to persist. But, yeah, maybe the uh, number of students, you know, or the kind of percentage of uh, students who did choose St. Edwards before was uh, lower than you would have liked. And it's like, well, what can we do about that? And just, you know, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's such great outcomes and just being supportive of these students, because I feel like, you know, there's certainly a, a kind of two schools of thought that were like coming to mind as well. We're like, you know, there might be this perception of like transfer students where it's like, Oh, well, were they, you know, being indecisive, why didn't they either just like finish out where they were or do whatever, you know, and certainly community colleges it is kind of like, you know, you're going on to the next thing, not like, you know, push pull for, you know, whatever reason. But, um, you know, I think it's, especially in this context, like this is somebody who's really committing to their educational goals. Like they're making a commitment to say like, no, I want to push forward, you know, move forward to a bachelor's degree um, and all that. So I think they have a high level of uh, commitment and probably, you know, a good focus on what they want to do. So, you know, just making, you know, again, a seamless transfer, like make it as easy as possible. Um, You know, I just think it's such a great thing that you were able to recognize that opportunity and work to make it happen. And again, like work, over a long period of time, you know, like it, it, it is definitely a very um, intricate process. And, you know, some of it is just like kind of the student experience piece, but then also kind of the, the academic piece as well. So, um, yeah, such great work. And I, I just I do appreciate that you are giving uh, just all the details, all the context, because I'm sure that that's really just going to be relevant for people to like, you know, um, understand all that's going to go into something like this and just what to um really keep as kind of the driver and the motivator of kind of the, you know, the ultimate uh, student outcomes here. So, um, you know, and I think you were kind of alluding to this, so, you know, we can really just get right to it. So, you know, this certainly just makes a lot of sense, you know, in and of itself to do like the, you know, for all the reasons that we've talked about, but especially right now, you know, I think that this is a, a super smart move, uh, to be, um, that much more welcoming, supporting of students, um, and just being, you know, a more positive kind of community partner to, you know, uh, uh, you know, all the kind of various stakeholders and constituents and everything. So, you know, I'll just kind of see, you know, see the way that you take it because there's definitely a lot of ways that you could take it, but like what makes this seamless transfer policy, especially relevant right now? Well, and thank you. And thank you for this forum, because I do feel like this is an opportunity to get out there and help share the word and share the word maybe with individuals who, might not would necessarily attend a conference on uh, community college transfers, for example. Mm -hmm. So I feel like your audience is one that uh, hopefully uh, this will generate conversation and and allow us the opportunity to continue to have this dialogue. 
Um, I don't, this is no um, uh, flash bulletin to anybody uh, who might be listening to your your podcasts, but there are these are critical times in higher education, very critical times. Even before COVID nineteen hit us in March, we heard in the in the literature, the rhetoric on on the on the media waves, people were questioning the value of a college degree. Now, while this is not unusual, it just seems like that. Now, more than ever, there is this really critical look at how much or how important is a four-year degree to an an individual. Uh, So there's that issue that's going on out there. But in addition to that, finances are tighter. You know, parents, many parents are not able to necessarily send their child uh, away for four years. It's wonderful if you can. And both of my children had that experience. They were traditional freshmen, and I could not have been prouder of the experience that they had. But the reality is that not all parents are in a position to be able to do that. And so community college is a way in which individuals who either aren't quite sure what they want to do, maybe need a little bit more maturity before they go away to college, or maybe just need because of the finances, just need that little extra push financially in order to be able to get things done. And so it is a huge part of the market share, uh, if you will, for our prospects. Um, Secondly, and again, in Texas, and I'm sure, as I I said, this may be happening in other states as well, we now have um, um, high schools in Texas that will allow students to get their associate's degree, their two years of community college, simultaneously while completing their high school diploma. Now, you and I can spend another podcast, if you like, talking about the the real value of that. It's no no, uh, mistake that I'm a baby boomer, and I do believe in that transitional process and the growing up and maturation process. But again, the reality of it is, is that those high school students are absolutely coming to to the college already with that piece of paper in hand. And so it, to me, not taking core complete and embracing it and making it part of your curriculum on any level just does not does not make sense to me. Um, I get it. I understand the implications of that. And I do understand the concerns associated with ensuring that your mission courses are aligned. But in reality, uh, as many students who come to the to the university from the community college are, are just as prepared as those we often worry about may not be. Well, maybe their writing skills aren't quite strong enough, or maybe their math skills aren't quite strong enough. That may very well be true. And if that's the case, we address it just like we do with high school students who graduate from high school and come as freshmen and maybe aren't fully prepared for their freshman year courses. That does not change this, this fact. But the reality is, is that Just like I was a first-generation college student that probably would not have been able to be successful had that community college not been sitting in my little small hometown in Texas, Uh, there are many, many, many other students who also are that way, and they have the capabilities to go on and do great things. Um, I'll brag on a couple of our students that I've just recently learned about. We have one student. His name is Tyler Mount. He is a transfer student, and he's won two Tony Awards. Uh, Brandon Maxwell wow. <laughs> is another uh, transfer student, and he's an award-winning winning fashion designer. And those are just two examples on our website. You can Google them and find them that were transfer students and came to St. Edwards, and they've gone on to do amazing things. And you know, our list just goes on and on of individuals who have been successful. So to me, it just right now from a marketing perspective, from a 
pragmatic perspective, but also from the perspective of helping those students who truly have uh, that background, give them an opportunity as well to embrace this. Yeah, such, such great points. And I, I just love how you kind of capture that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, this is like an instance, like just a really good example of, you know, folks in higher education, like actually embodying the values that I think so many people kind of espouse, but then maybe in reality and practice aren't actually living out, you know, because I think it's like, um, you know, there's just a couple of ways, but like it's an example of it is just that like, you know, your mission statement is only as good as kind of like your budget, you know, or different things actually like follows through on it. You know, you can have this like really flowery, like, you know, aspirational mission statement, but it's like that idea of kind of almost getting wonky and being like, well, how is like our transfer policy policy actually supporting students to like, achieve their educational goals and do it at our institution, you know, like how can we be more supportive to grant greater opportunities and greater access to the students that want it? And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, just like the kind of that stigma, you know, like, a, um, you know, there's folks that we've had on the podcast and, you know, just folks out there doing the good work of trying to like, work against that community college stigma of like, you know, what you're saying of like, oh, these, you know, these students aren't going to be prepared. Like, you know, they're just not going to get it or, you know, any of those sort of things. And, and I, I like that idea of myself. Right? It's just, you know, it, it just makes so much sense to me, but almost being like, okay, yeah. So what if they're maybe not as prepared, then what are we going to do about it? You know, like, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, you know, like we'll, we'll give them the courses that they need or the support services that they need. Like, you know, and certainly I know that all those things come with like, you know, dollars and cents attached, but I think that that's, the mentality that again embodies the values of education at large of just supporting people to achieve their goals and big, you know, build sustainable, you know, uh, careers and lives for themselves and everything. So, um, yeah, such, such a great, um, kind of framing for this and, um, I'm sure resonates, uh, yeah, with, uh, everyone listening here. So, um, well, I, I mean, truthfully, you, you're absolutely right. I think the other thing to recognize is how it enhances our country. It enhances our, uh, uh, our, our, just our world in general. So, I mean, I'm sitting here reflecting on this as I, as I talk to you and my husband and I both were first generation college students and neither of my grandparents went to even finished high school, which is still relatively common. And, in uh, our country today. And as a result of our living this experience, our daughter has three degrees and our son has two. And um, I mean, obviously I went on and I have three, my husband had two. And so the point of it is, is that through education, we continue to empower ourselves, but also it transitions over to uh, our children, our grandchildren, and it just continues to perpetuate as we go along. And so, again, for me, I'm I'm pretty passionate about education, as you can tell. And so, for me, that's really what it's all about. Yeah, so great. Yeah, I mean, and that that's like even just existentially, like it just mm-hmm. yeah, it can be so transformative for people's lives, and just like you know, and that obviously can kind of be overwhelming thinking like that, like just, you know, meta about all of this, but I mean, that, that is the reality. And then I think, you know, it obviously comes back down to earth of just like, okay, how can our institution be more supportive of students who are choosing to like, you know, transfer from community college or wherever. And just, exactly. you know, exactly. so it's like that obviously makes it a little bit more tangible and, uh, you know, just is just, this is so much good food for thought. And I, and I appreciate kind of how you framed it too, because I think this is like just a really good, 
example of kind of like the great show and tell that happens at conferences, you know, and it may mm-hmm. you know be just a better opportunity to you know expand the reach of that throughout uh, through this. So, um, so you know, obviously we we went into all the kind of intricacies and just the context of everything that led to this policy and you know what it, uh, the outcomes that it's producing. So, um, you know, maybe it is stuff that was helpful for you as you were engaging with this work or anything just generally that you, uh, you know, that resonates with you. So just any resources that you'd want to share with the audience that we can include in the show notes for this episode? Well, absolutely. I mean, obviously for starters, uh, anyone can go to our website uh, and just Google or search in the uh, search engine transfer students. And there you'll find our website. You'll find uh, resources and how this particular private school is being able to implement this. Um, I do have a couple of articles about this in process, so hopefully be looking for those in the near future. As, as you said, uh, Dustin, it's, it's not an easy concept to explain or for people to understand. And so understanding and knowing some of those idiosyncrasies behind the scenes does help us to understand what the real, the real issues are. Of course, Inside Higher Ed always has great articles about timely matters. And there's a really good article in there by Stephen Mintz. M-I-N-T-Z, entitled Tracking Transfer Issues. And so it's one where I feel like um, I love the fact that you have these, uh, the, the, both the blogs, but also these articles that are so relevant and timely that they really come out and attack whatever the current issue in higher ed is, be that whatever it is. And so this one was published, I think, in February. So it's still relatively recent. And then, of course, for those that are really, really interested in this whole idea, the National Association for College Admission Counseling, it's NACAC, National Association for College Admission Counseling. They have an entire section on community colleges and transfers. Again, because it straddles two fences, right? It straddles the two-year institution, but also the four-year institution. Finding that unique niche of, 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 of practitioners who would be interested in this area oftentimes is a bit of a challenge. But uh, I mean, it, community colleges are alive and well, and they're doing very, very well, and they will continue to do well. Um, they, they are practical. They're affordable. Our legislature uh, supports them. And so as a result, it, I think it behooves us to continue to look at that for uh, both the pragmatic, but also the fundamental reasons why we talked about already today. Yeah. Well, and I think it just kind of uh, came up to my mind of just everything that we talked about of to like, you know, going to, you know, the St. Edward, Edward's website to like learn more about the transfer policy and everything that we talked about of just like the kind of the complexity of like making something like this happen, which again, you know, fairly simply on, simple on its face, but like, I would hope like somebody's listening to this, they're like, yeah, I want to do something like that too. And like that they have a better idea of how to like engage all their other, you know, their colleagues and stakeholders, like, you know, faculty members and program directors or whatever, like just to make sure that like everybody is reassured and like, you know, there's support kind of just wide reaching support and institution to, to make this happen and happen the right way. And, you know, think through all the kind of aspects of it that you would uh, need to, to have a PA um, you know, as effective as possible. So, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll uh, find that, that article you mentioned and, um, stuff and link out to that as well. But we always like to end the uh, episodes here on an optimistic note. So, uh, if you just want to share anything or things that you are looking forward to right now, uh, in higher ed. Well, Dustin, again, thank you so much for allow- allowing me to share this and also to shed light on what I do consider a critical issue in higher education uh, for both public and private institutions. Um, 
you know, I mentioned earlier that higher education has been under attack for some time and it, it continues. And, you know, we've even heard things about will institutions survive the pandemic? A lot of smaller and sometimes private schools uh, do struggle a bit in terms of knowing how they can weather this storm, so to speak. Um, and then, of course, we've, we've got the public that's already a little bit skittish about the value of higher education. Uh, families are considering whether or not to send their children to school, you know, in given the circumstances that are that are in our world right now. But the reality is, is that I remain constantly optimistic and I just believe so very passionately in the power of education to, to change lives that I really think it will sustain. You know, in every crisis in our nation, the Industrial Revolution, I say crisis, but every big event, I guess I should yeah, say. Yeah. The Industrial Revolution, World War II, the war on poverty, civil rights, any of those major movements that have happened in our in our country, uh, education has been oftentimes at the root of it, and it has helped to pave the way for the future. And I think even now we see that in some of the really difficult issues that we're tackling uh, in our in our world today. And I, I'm very proud of the fact that universities are trying to be front and center to help educate our world. Uh, to so many of these uh, these issues that we're facing. Technology is a wonderful tool. I use it. I, I adopted, embraced uh, online technology when it first came out simply because I quickly saw how it would help adult students. It would help them to be able to continue to work to complete their degrees and yet at the same time uh, get the educational processes that they so value, so need, needed in, the, in a time whenever they really didn't have any extra time to work. So I'm a firm believer that technology will, will still be around and that, yes, it is transforming education as we speak. But again, let's not discount the value of face-to-face -face experience of the skills that that brings, of having a college, full-on college experience face-to-face. The skills of teamwork, leadership, conflict resolution, uh, negotiation skills, um, speaking. I, I could go on and on about the possibilities there. And so I do feel like there is room for every uh, uh, process that we use to help people become better educated. I think technology has a way and fully online programs has a place. I also think there's a place for public schools and private schools and I also think there's a big place for community colleges. And I just hope that everyone will consider how important they are in the very fabric of this of this country and how we can continue to support those students who uh, may come from, you know, a real humble beginnings and see their way through to become and do really great things. And so that's my that's my optimism. And it never it never wanes. Oh, and that's uh, that's so great because yeah, definitely an eternal optimist as well. And let's appreciate your sentiments and uh, the work that you've done, you know, at St. Edwards and everywhere else. And um, you know, just appreciate everything that you shared here in this episode. But um, yeah, just great uh, final thoughts to to end on. And I think you know, I mean, <laughs> there's so much more that we could talk about, but we'll just uh, end it there. And you know, we'll have ways to uh, connect with you and the work that you're doing and everything that we mentioned uh, as usual in the show notes. But um, yeah, just thanks again. I mean, this is just such a treat and so glad that we could spend some time talking about this topic today. And uh, yeah, just appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And thank you to your audience. I appreciate this opportunity. I feel very, very honored. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. 
and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.